I'm just or? I'm so high on this player. I was high on him right away. I picked him to win the Calder in the year that he came in. He did that, and I've just been following him ever since. Big fan of his. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 185 of the podcast. All three of us back together for this one. Uh, Cody Abrams and Melbourne. The NHL season is underway, which is fantastic. Guys, how we doing? Doing great, Harp. Watching lots of hockey, so couldn't be happier. Yeah, same here. Doing well. So excited that hockey's back. Austin Matthews was shot out of a cannon. Two games, six goals. Didn't get any in his third game, and it was a loss to the Blackhawks, so we don't talk about that one. But just happy that hockey's back and uh, ready to get into this episode. Harper, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm good, man. And uh, before we get going with this episode, I did just uh, want to mention the passing of uh, Neil McHugh last week, a uh, longtime voice of the Brockville Braves and someone who is very good uh, to me. And as you guys know, I, I uh, have the, the pleasure and the joy of calling Braves games every Friday night. And so it was great to do the game on Friday in his honor. And uh, they got their first win of the season that night. So anyway, just wanted to mention that and condolences to uh, his family and friends. Very nice. Okay, so before we get into the uh, regularly scheduled programming here, we're going to do another one of my fun mini games that Harper loves so much. Still don't have a name for this segment, but I'm just going to call it mini games from from here on out going to do wavelength we've done this in the past harper's finally finally familiar with the rules casey has a number that harper and i don't know and we're going to try to guess it so casey first question to you i'm going to need a center on a canadian team um let me confirm That he's just taken some face-offs okay, this year? I'll, yeah, uh, well, I'll go Sam Lafferty. Oh, okay. That I see the confusion, why you're curious if he'd taken some face-offs. Right away, Harper, out of the gate, I'm thinking low. I'm thinking maybe a two or a three. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'll go with a, uh, I'll go with a three. All yeah. right. Um, okay, Case, first overall picks. Um, I'll go Eric Johnson. Oh, okay. It's got to be low after that. I mean, we've got Lafferty as a center. That I think that's a two. Eric Johnson as a first overall pick. Not a great one, but also pretty serviceable late in his career. Maybe a three. I'm still thinking three. How about you, Harp? Yeah, uh, let's let's stick with three. Okay. Next one for you, Case. Give me a prospect who is not playing in the NHL from an Eastern Conference team. Making you think for this one. Um, yeah, that's... Jesus. <laughs> that's making me think pretty deeply here. Um, I'll say... Um, Daniel Musil. Okay, so right away I'm thinking higher than three because he's in the Devils system and we hyped him up during the World Juniors, but 
still, there are so many good prospects, so many mid-range prospects. He could have said any other name, and I feel like that was just off the top of the head because he's in the devil system. I'm thinking now three, maybe a four, but still in that two to four range. Harper, what, what do you think? I was I was thinking that as well, a three or a four. I'll go with a four. Okay. Final question to you, Harper. Okay. So number four case, defenseman in the Western Conference. So pretty general, but our last one, D in the West. This needs to be a good one for us, Harp, because we really aren't sure at this point. Yeah. God. D in the West. Um, I'll say Nikita Zaitsev. Oh. Wow. Thoughts on that, Harp? Well, that kind of that kind of drops things a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, okay. to Nikita Zaitsev. I mean, we're two or a three. I'm thinking two. Maybe we were three all throughout. But uh, Harp, Harp, what do you what do you think? Are you sticking with three, or do you want to go down to a two after that last one? Make the final call. It's up to you. It's in your hands. I think I, I called the last one, so it's in your hands. Let's let's go with uh, let's go with the three. That's it. Nailed let's it. go. All right. It is not an easy task to think of a prospect not in the NHL that's a three. Like I know. You know I just have all those on the top of my head. I know. And case, <laughs> trust me, if I mean, even if you were asking me, I would hope you ask easier questions. I just knew you had that knowledge in you. So I just yeah. had to send you that question. And overall, Harp, I think we did a pretty good job with questions and figuring it out with a three. So there we go. Yes. And full disclosure, uh, thank you to you two for explaining it to me again <laughs> before we got on here. I will fully admit that on the pod while we're going here. So anyway, thank you. Yeah, for the 10th time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm not going to tell them about the time in the car. That that stays uh that stays between us. Uh <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get into this one, boys. It's just going to be a quickie. Um obviously the uh the season is underway. Every team is uh, you know, Two to four games in at this point, I think. Maybe not four games, but two to three games uh, into the season anyways. And we're just going to each throw out a bold prediction. Obviously, we know it's early, and uh, but hey, this is why it's fun to do these bold predictions and, and throw some things out there and see what sticks uh, later on maybe. So, Case, let's go to you first, man. Bold prediction for this season given the fact that it is early. <clears throat> oh, it's early. Um, you know, I, I, was, I had Canadian teams on my mind today, and I thought, why not double down on my kind of bullish take on the Vancouver Canucks this year? And I am going to say, uh, I'll give the light display in the background for the visual watchers. <laughs> there we go. Elias Pettersson will win the heart this year. That is Oof. my bold prediction. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into it here and it's going to be a lot of stats, but I'm, I'm just, I'm so high on this player. I was high on him right away. I picked him to win the Calder in the year that he came in. He did that. And I've just been following him ever since. Big fan of his. Last year, 80 games played, 39 goals, 63 assists, 102 points. That's 10th in the league for points. 
He had 74 hits, 89 blocks, 56 takeaways, 47 giveaways, and was a plus 16 on a non-playoff team. 20 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time is the 13th most as a forward in the league. Only JT Miller was more than him, and it was by seconds. They played a lot together. He was 7th in Selkie voting, 8th in Bing, 18th in the heart, although I think he deserves more and probably would be more if his team was a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And God, this guy, is he's fun to watch. Kind of the reasons why I think that he's going to be a heart this year, the heart winner, rather, is... Last year was just the start for him for scoring. He has a lethal shot. His release is, you know, unique, really. It's just effortless, and I love to watch it. It looks like he's not putting anything into the shot, but it's going 100 miles an hour. And um, that shot, he's electing to use more. Last year, his shot attempts were 489. The year before, 387 in the same amount of games. That's an increase of 102 more shot attempts this year or last year. 28 of his goals, of his 39 goals, 28 of them were even strength, 40 even strength assists. Five of his goals were shorthanded and six of them were on the power play. I expect more power play goals and points from this, you know, top unit of Pedersen, Miller, Besser, Hughes, Kuzmenko. They're all looking dangerous so far this year. He already has four power play points compared to his 25 last year. Um, Kind of the next point is that he's just such an all-around player. We saw that in the Selkie and Bing and Hart voting last year. But kind of despite being a relatively slight player at 176 pounds, he throws the body around. 74 hits last year was massive for the size of him. And we've already seen one catastrophic hit on CeCe this year. And there was a pretty big one in the preseason on, I think it was Lane Peterson, also on Edmonton. So I guess maybe he just hates Edmonton. Who knows? but uh yeah he throws the body around i love to see that 89 blocks last year was second most after matthews by a forward and the guy is smart with the puck 47 giveaways is quite low for someone who has the puck as much as him mcdavid for example 77 dry 102 kucherov 98 and 109 for david pasternak just to kind of name the top point getters in the league last year mm-hmm. um uh, one of the next points or the, the pent ultimate point I'm going to make here is he'd be much higher in the voting last year if it wasn't for his team being outside the playoffs. And I think it's going to be a playoff team this year. Last year, the save percentage was second last in the league. Demko is back. He was sick this week, but his first game looked great. They had a great second half under Tockett last year. They're 2012 and four, and they have a hot start so far this year, beating Edmonton 8 1 and 4 3. And that's the team that's supposed to win their division. So, uh, hot start. And then the last point is it's his year. He's got to go off contract year next year he's going to be looking for the bank so i'm pretty high on patterson i'm expecting 45 goals 65 assists this year 110 points and a heart trophy as his team makes the playoffs pretty bold take but i'm happy about it so i just want everyone to let it be known that casey thinks the downfall of Connor mcdavid is on the horizon he will not win the heart trophy this year he will not even sniff the top of the scoring charts that's that's what casey's saying yeah right? that's definitely what i said when i said bold take <laughs> no obviously it's bold because guys like 
McDavid and Pasternak and Jack Hughes uh, have much higher odds, especially according to Vegas, to win the heart. And obviously, McDavid is like a shoe in every single year. My bold take, my hot take, is that Pasternak's going to, or uh, Patterson's going to be there. And, you know, if not, I, I expect him to be top three. Yeah, I, I was just teasing because obviously McDavid is like a he's like a lock almost for all like the big trophies, the Art Ross, even the Rocket last year. Like I feel like he has more rockets in him, uh, and, and then the Hart Trophy, which he's won countless times. Similar to a Crosby, who just kind of owned all the awards for like a decade. I feel like we're in Connor McDavid's decade, but that's what makes this a bold take. Or, or a bold prediction, and uh, I could see it, honestly. If McDavid takes a little bit of a step back, you know, doesn't get 150-plus points, <laughs> same with Dreisaitl, same with an Austin Matthews if he doesn't score 60 goals or something, um, then, yeah, I could see a player like Pedersen taking a step, scoring more, getting more power play points. I like that point you made, Case, because I think their power play is going to be a lot better this year. Or even a player like Kirill Kaprizov, who... You know, these are guys who aren't surrounded as well as some other superstars and sort of are able to just do it themselves. Um, And and those two specifically stand out to me. So I I could see it happening. I think it is a bold take, but I could definitely see it. Yeah, I could as well. I mean, this is uh, not the only time that we've talked about Elias Pettersson um, and, and what a big year this is for him. And I think that this is going to be a massive year. And I think the the biggest thing that sticks out to me about Pettersson is that uh, he he's he looks bigger. He looks stronger. He's uh, he's out there to uh, to cause havoc. And, you know, on top of being a great offensive talent and uh, doing everything he possibly can to help his team to win and and I do agree I think that uh, it's very likely that this Canucks team is a playoff team uh, case you're not the only one to say that but um, it, it, it Pedersen in a contract year the step that he took last year and the way that he's looked through the first couple of games of the season I know it's early but really in the last couple of years like we've seen wide open heart trophy races for a good first chunk of the season and then McDavid just finds a way to 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 go off <laughs> off and and lock it down but um i i'd be willing to to put some money on patterson kind of being a dark horse pick for for the heart um i i think he's going to have a massive year and this is not the only time we've mentioned this kind of the 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 main point i'm trying to make here is it's going to be a similar in you know taylor hall not quite as much because patterson has a much better team around him than taylor hall did in 2017 uh 20 18 that season yeah but what i'm saying is this is a team that for the most part is not expected to make the playoffs by you know a lot of the media and everyone you know vegas even um he's gonna push them over the edge and get them into a playoff spot and i think that there is a tendency sometimes to kind of look away from mcdavid scoring 120 points and getting in the playoffs again and look towards someone who's really carrying in a different way like mcdavid should win every year because he is the most valuable player in the entire league he should win the ted Lindsay every year as well but i think that sometimes they kind of look try to look for someone else they try to look for a player who's you know really stepped up in in one season kind of similar Mm -hmm. to taylor hall so and the award is most valuable player to your team yeah so if 
you know, McDavid, say he has 125 points. He had, I think, 153 last year or something. So <laughs> yeah, he just he has, last year. I'm not like... Yeah. So so say he has like 125, but Dreisaitl also has around that same range. Then, you know, you can make the argument that maybe he's not even the most important to his team for this season. Whereas a player like, like I mentioned, Kirill Kaprizov, who isn't surrounded to the same extent if he drags his team to the playoffs and and of course i mentioned kaprizov because he's in a similar situation as elias Pettersson. if they're able to drag their team to the playoffs and be the most important piece to their team then that goes a long way in terms of of voting so yeah that's why it, it's really it is feasible it's not that bold actually no, especially no. if mcdavid has a bit of a down year um and and as long as no one scores you know 60 to 70 goals but yeah, i can see I'm it sure, happening i'm sure the youtube comments are going to love this part where you mentioned that if mcdavid had similar points to dry saddle maybe he's not the most important important to his team yeah well i i mean in terms of voting at least the argument could exactly. be made because dry will likely have more goals i mean except for last year dry outscored mcdavid almost every year of their career I, I mean until he told mcdavid to shoot more and he said okay i'll score 64 goals <laughs> like he's that good <laughs> yeah. but something i wanted to mention too is uh uh you know just piggybacking off what you said in rick talkett how they played really well under him last year in vancouver I wonder if instead of looking to Elias Pettersson as a Hart Trophy candidate, they just don't look at the players at all and they look to talk it as a Jack Adams candidate because a lot of the time that's what happens. It's a team who is sort of on the bubble or not expected to make it to the playoffs and then they get a new coach and he takes them to the promised land or at least into the playoffs in the first round and then that's what is sort of a convincing argument for coach of the year so i wonder if those Lynn. two things can exist simultaneously or or how the narrative will develop throughout the season i like lindy ruff as much as the next devils fan but you know he was a, a finalist for the award last year and it's mostly because his team took a huge step yes. and you know had that huge the, the massive point comeback you know from one season to another and made the playoffs so mm -hmm. i hear what you're saying yeah yeah that's very likely as well talk it for the uh jack adams i think they were 2012 and two down the stretch after he took over and and yeah. they won their first two games it took them nine games last year fellas for them to get their first two wins the canucks think about that it's a different looking team yeah uh, that's for sure even though it's early okay case good stuff man chad let's get your bold prediction What's up, guys? Thanks for making it this far into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to let you know that we're still doing a limited time merch drop over on boysintheboot.com slash shop. We're selling t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, crew necks, sweatshorts, slides, you name it. We're selling it at boysintheboot.com. So head over there and check it out when you can. Every single purchase allows us to improve the quality of our podcasts going forward. Plus, you get to wear some awesome gear, too, and support the boys. So we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. There's plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite is Lemon Lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. 
This podcast is sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Okay, my bold prediction, speaking of the Hart Trophy case, I'm not picking a player to win the Hart Trophy, but it might be a byproduct if this type of season happens. Surprise, surprise, I'm going to pick Austin Matthews to score 66-plus goals this season to be the most ever as a Rocket Richard winner. Most ever, wow. because the trophy isn't that uh, old. That is so, old. It would be the most in the modern era scored by a player. Like I mentioned, he has six through his first three games. I think he's back with a high-flying offense in Toronto that isn't focused as much on playing defense. I think that this player is going to be freewheeling around the offensive zone and is just going to let the NHL know that, you know, yes, I scored 40 goals last year, but that was a down year. Who I really am is the 60-plus goal scorer. And I think, why not top Alex Ovechkin in 07-08, who had 65, and get the 66th? That's my bold take. I like it. And I think you're dating the comments now. You're just waiting for a comment to be like, oh, Solani had more. Oh, Wayne Gretzky scored this many in this year. It's like, yeah, they just forgot to listen to the part where you said in the the modern era with the Rocket Richard trophy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Matthews took a step back last year and uh, he looks hungry. He's already at six goals, which is ridiculous that I mean, no one saw him scoring two hat tricks, but I think I got to remind you that the, we are talking about Mr. Mr. October. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically scores a ridiculous amount of goals in October every single year, except last year when he came in with a uh, wrist injury. But an, a healthy Austin Matthews, I don't think you know you're blinking an eye at him scoring 55 goals. So I guess you're tacking 11 on there and seeing him score 66 makes it the the bold part, but I like it. Yeah, I I mean, it wouldn't be bold to just say, I think Matthews is going to have a bounce back year and score 50 plus. You have to go the extra mile and say 66, the the most in the modern era. Rocket Richard Trophy was established in 1999, so it would be the most ever from a Rocket Richard winner. But I just think he's poised to do it this year. This is the first season in what feels like forever, at least in in his prime, that he's completely healthy coming into the year. There's no nagging wrist injury. Also, like I mentioned, this is a team that is much more focused on offense. And as we've seen in the three games so far, they really don't seem to care that much about defense. So I think that is only a good thing for Austin Matthews in terms of individual accolades. All of that being said, and I heard this from Chris Johnston today on the uh, Leaf Report, the Athletic Podcast, Chris Johnston with The Athletic, by the way, now, Um, that was Jonas Siegel and uh, James Myrtle. Chris Johnston mentioned that, you know, Matthews, although he wants these individual accolades, of course, at the end of the day, this is his eighth season and he wants a Stanley Cup. So even though that this is my prediction You know, if it comes time, there's a month or two left in the season and they're not exactly doing as well as they thought they were going to do. 
you know, maybe the defense starts to come first and he doesn't reach 66 plus goals. But that's my bold prediction. And I could see it happening after a down year last year. Well, the early returns uh, certainly look good through the first uh, few games of the season for him to to hit that milestone. Um, and I mean, look, like it, it could happen with, with that release. I mean, it, it is one of, if not the best in the NHL. And it's crazy that like we're even talking about a player having a down year but still having 40 goals like that being a down year like that's just crazy but Austin Matthews has put himself in that um stratosphere if you will and uh and he certainly could go out and and get 60 or just over 60 again so um i i I do think it it slows down a little bit and and he has uh you know some stretches of games through the year where the leafs are are really grinding and and he may struggle a little bit to find the back of the net but for right now he's healthy he looks good uh he's got that fresh contract and um, it, it all looks good right now. So you never know. McDavid had 64 last year. Just two more than that would do it for the most in the modern era. I think we can all agree that Matthews is probably a better goal scorer than McDavid. I mean, no one has more goals since entering the league. So I well, he's on I pace know. for 164. So he's on pace for quite a bit. Case should have done it after two games. It was 246 or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, could see it. Jeez. Yeah. There we go. Another uh, another bold uh, another good bold prediction. And uh, I'll I'll wrap it up with with mine here, guys. Obviously. So again, really really bold prediction, I think. But uh, there are a lot of a lot of good rookies this year. So my bold prediction is that Connor Bedard does not win the Calder Trophy. For That's a cop out. Come on. <laughs> Harp missed our last episode, eh? (laughs) Are you serious, Harp? That's your bold... That's the boldest prediction you could come up with? His bold prediction last year is that someone's going to sign a contract, so I... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, uh, Sheen Goss the Spear to to re-sign in Arizona, I think it was. Okay, no, Um, I don't... I, I don't accept this. I... I know I I don't care. I don't accept this. I know your bold prediction. You want it to be Connor Bedard will not win the Calder Trophy. I don't care. You need to pick somebody who is going to win instead of Connor Bedard to make this pick and prediction extra spicy and extra bold. That's what I need from you, okay. Harper. Okay. I'll, I could, I'll put my life savings on betting on who Harper's going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have it. Let's yeah, it's going to be Logan Cooley. Like <laughs> the guy is the biggest Arizona fan in the world <laughs> and loves Logan Cooley as much as he loves Tyler Ennis. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's uh, a lot. Well, yes, let's let's go with let's go with that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Harp, didn't mean to derail you. No, give me, no, give me that, why you think Bedard that is quite won't all right. Win, yeah, why then, won't Bedard win it? Yeah, and then tell me about Cooley because that's your your locked in pick. Well, and again, it's it's early and it is a a bold take because I mean, let's face it, Bedard is is uh, a a generational talent. I think it's safe to say to to put that tag on him and is the favorite to win the the Calder Trophy, but he just. You look around that Chicago lineup, and he doesn't have the supporting cast that some of these other guys do. And and you look at 
Logan Cooley in in Arizona, who is uh, and, and he's got Keller around him and Schmaltz and all these great players. And not to say that Chicago doesn't have anyone else besides Bedard, but it, you know it really it really thins out. And uh, Taylor Hall was, you know, was back in the lineup, of course, the, the other night against Toronto. But especially when he's out or Athanasiu or, you know, any of these guys are out, it really makes it more challenging for him. Um, as talented as he is, he's a young kid coming into the league. The NHL's hard, man, in, in your first year. There's going to be some growing pains for him, even though he is going to be one of the next great ones. Um, I just think that uh, that a guy like Logan Cooley uh, could could really grab this thing, and uh, and it's a bold prediction. I, I get it, but um, he's got a pretty good surrounding cast in in Arizona, a lot better than Bedard has in Chicago. And Arizona is a, a team that uh, could very well be playing meaningful games down the stretch. So um, yeah, there we go. But no, don't apologize for derailing me at all. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that that uh, that second question came up here. So anyway, what do we think about that to finish off? Well, as Casey and I talked about last week when we talked about the Calder rankings and we did our snake draft, we had Cooley number four and Bedard number one, um, which I guess shows you why this is a bold take and, or a bold prediction. But what Casey and I talked about really, it came down to opportunity. And even though Bedard isn't surrounded by the most talented players, he is going to get every opportunity on the planet to prove that he belongs in the NHL as an elite player. So he's going to get first power play time, first line minutes, um, you know, five on five, like totally he's going to play like 20 minutes a night. And we've already seen that. Um, yes, he's going to play against some pretty good competition, but they're going to do everything they can to get him out there in favorable matchups too. Whereas a guy like Logan Cooley, to start the season, I think he was slotted in as the second line center. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to bounce around the lineup a bit because Arizona has other players who can kind of slot in and, and play up and down the lineup and give you something else other than just offensive firepower that Cooley brings. Yes, he's going to get power play time, but I just don't know if he's going to get the same opportunity of Bedard. So I guess there's a bit of a push and pull there. Yes, you want tons of opportunity. But at the same time, you also need players to pass to. And those two players are in slightly different situations. So I guess it just depends which situation you think is best. Yeah. And in the end, I'm one, I wonder how much weight that the voters put into secondary assists, which I just feel like Cooley's going to have more secondary assists in the end. That's just based off having more guys to pass to and more, you know, chain passes and power play points, et cetera. But I will say that I've been impressed with Cooley mm -hmm. um, since the start of the season. We thought he was going to get less of a, you know, less of an opportunity, but he's played uh, 19 minutes a game and has three points in three assists. He hasn't produced much in terms of offense, like him himself. He's not driving, but he's definitely been in the play when they're scoring. Like mm -hmm. he, his expected goals is 0 0.1 through two games. So, you know, mm. That's relatively low, but it's two games. What am I even yeah. like? How much can I really <laughs> say? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close, close race between the two of them. Cooley's definitely going to be up there in the voting. Like we were pretty, we 
we mentioned that last week, but yep. I, I think what does make this bold is that everyone thinks it's going to be Bedard and uh, as it's all you hear in the media right now. That's why Taylor Hall is telling everyone to shut up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably weighing pretty heavily on Bedard, but uh, he's also looked good so far. So it's oh, going to yeah. be interesting. Absolutely. And I mean, by no means, I mean, I'd be a nutcase if I were saying that, uh, that Bedard didn't look good. He looks absolutely fantastic. And he is a play driver right now for the Blackhawks. Logan Cooley may become that for Arizona as the season goes on or one of those guys obviously it's it's Clayton Keller that's mm-hmm. that's the uh the the play driver the number one uh, guy for Arizona but Cooley you know could end up being up there depending on what kind of year he has so he'll be up there for sure and that's why it's a bold take taking him to win it he's in good the, man cool. in the game I watched of Arizona against New Jersey where Arizona won shootout. Um, yeah. What stood out, to the, the, the only two players that stood out to me, the rest of Arizona meld into one clump of a player <laughs> was Logan Cooley and Ve Malka, who, of course, he played unbelievable. He's playing a team that they shouldn't beat. He, that's yeah. when he shows up every game. He, he shows up for top five teams or top 10 teams or whatever you want to say. Way it goes. So those two guys stood out to me. Everyone else kind of looked like one, one big ball of a player. <laughs> yeah. Got from Elkud, at least in case you haven't been able to say yet that your team got Soderblombed. Because that's <laughs> yeah. what happened to the Maple Leafs the other night. <laughs> yeah. Even though, like, that was just, he didn't even have a fantastic game. They just couldn't score. But the one thing I wanted to mention about Bedard, did you guys see how he got absolutely cleaned out in his first game against Sid on the faceoffs? Like, yeah, just, oh yeah. Like, not even yeah. close. And obviously, that's tough for a young player. And faceoffs, really, like, we know by the numbers, the advanced numbers, they don't really dictate play that much, anyways, because the game is so fast. But it was just kind of funny. Like, they kept showing his highlights and, oh, lost another one. Oh, lost another one. It's like, it's, what are you, what are you going to do? Man, it's dad strength. I remember when I was 17, 18, you end up playing in a men's league and you lose every faceoff because they're forearms or i don't know it, yeah <laughs> they just have dad strength and i think Sidney crosby's has that strength you know all these guys who have been in the league for so long it, it's you come in as an 18 year old and you get absolutely ripped apart that's why they probably should have a center playing on bedard's wing to take some draws like the devils did with jack and howla last year mm-hmm. yeah well, that's uh, that's the great thing about Crosby. He probably was thinking, you know, this is great. This kid is awesome, but I'm gonna kill this kid tonight <laughs> in 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 the face-off circle, and and he certainly did. So, um, yeah, great that the season is is underway, fellas. I mean, it's so great to have it all back. And uh, yeah, you guys talking about how uh, you know the Devils got Vimalkud and the Leafs got Soderblom. Well, we'll see what happens tonight at Key Bank. Uh, against Tampa if we get uh, Tomkins or uh, Johansson's or I guess or whatever a f- former Sabre by the way so can't wait for that to be brought up next week it, it's very likely oh, yeah. I'm putting money on that right now especially if it's Tompkins I'd like to see Tompkins a team I'd like to see that happen oh what a what a great story about that guy as well just uh, mm-hmm. just just the point to to get in there but anyway anything else boys before we wrap up 
Actually, yeah, I've kind of forgot that our fantasy season started. Instead of going into Fantasy Corner right now, let's decide if that's something we want to do going forward and we'll set it up properly for next episode. But yeah, just for everyone listening, Fantasy Hockey is back and uh, I lost my first week, but it's not going to happen many more times going oh, forward. I got so. killed the first week <laughs> in both the leagues that I'm in, ours and another one. I did not. I had almost twice as many points as my opponent and absolutely lit them up. Um, got the the points from all the guys I expected, pasta, Jack Hughes, um, but got, got some production from where I did not expect it in Chandler Stevenson at 24 points and um, Mangiapane at 16.75. So There you go. I picked up Mangiapane in... Not sure if it was our league or my other league. Well, he's on there. my team, so it'd be hard to pick him up. So my other league then. <laughs> so expecting him to have a good week. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up then, Harper. And we'll probably do Fantasy Corner uh, next week and going forward. Yeah, for sure. By the way, Chandler Stevenson, great player. And I think this is a, a contract year for him. The guy's making $2.75 million, And they picked him up for a fifth round pick. If you can remember that. And the guy won a Stanley Cup uh, with Vegas. And yeah. he's a great player, man. Oh, he should be clearing that $6 million no problem next year. Absolutely. Oof. All right, that was a good one, fellas. Thanks for uh, gr- thanks for this one, and and great to great to have all three of us uh, back on for for this episode. Of course, one eighty five, and uh, we'll be back with one eighty six next week. Take care, enjoy the games. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.